right, first off, we got a little uh, first of the day, and then we have a here we go, second of the day. Hey guys, welcome to episode 107 oh. of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore 5, and my fellow hosts finally got on board with the most boring WinCon possible in EDH for today's episode, <laughs> Big Tuck. I don't know if got on board with. It's like, I know that this is this is your deck, spoiler alert. Um, so I, I wanted to be uh, as open to it as possible. I really, I was really looking for something that I, I really wanted to surprise you in the, in the yeast package uh, in some ways that you've attempted to surprise me in the past, uh, spoiler alert slightly. Uh, but we didn't quite get there, but we still got some stuff that's in the theme of the deck. So it's Friday. I am flush with beer from the camping trip. So here we go. <laughs> How are you, Mr. Combo? Uh, I'm good. Uh, very, very, very into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I think I'm 125 hours deep. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I'm a completionist, so I'm trying to literally find everything. Um, so What's, Does it give you a percentage? Uh, it does not. What? So like, I know, but how do you know then? Like, do you just like, do you have to look online and be like, okay, these are the things I need to go to or, uh, so that I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. I think the way that they do all of their quests though, and this is how I'm tracking it is when you hover over your map, it'll show you like artifacts, mysteries, wealth, and it'll show how many boxes there are that you need to check off to go find. Mm. Um, it's just there there are some things that maybe happen off grid that don't trigger those things. Right. Like one of them uh, is a quest to do river raids. I haven't really done that much. I've just been doing like the story and all the side missions. Um, so it's 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 a lot of fun. It is getting a little monotonous boring yeah well it's boring because i'm so like because i am a completionist i think i'm probably at the 80 ish percent 85 percent uh for the game uh completion wise and the main story but i believe i'm already way past like i think i'm in the expansion level for how strong my character is oh, oh. because i literally do everything and i i right. just completed the entire skill tree i'm like power level 500 oh, or level, 400 it's like and nowhere something. to grow <laughs> yeah there's nowhere to go and so like literally the place i'm in right now it's like ooh, recommended power levels 330 and it's like oh that's cool i got that by like 50 percent. right so right, now right. i'm just going around just like smacking people it's with hammers poisoning and it's it's just a slaughter. slaughter. Um, so uh, that's been that's been my life over the last month and a half. So, so you would like this? I finally ponied up the money for Xbox Game Pass uh, because I was gonna buy a new game because I've been playing the Metro series and the new one is just like I don't like crafting like games where you have to go and find stuff to build bullets and things like that. It's just not exciting for me. Um, so I was like, I got to go buy a new game, and I did the math, and it's like, okay, if I buy five games a year at $20 at the yep. that's, which is the lowest price. Like I'm not, that's the most I'm going to play. And now it's like, now, I there's, know. now there's games like prey that I was like, Oh, I want to play that. That when it came out and now I'm like, Oh, I can. So I just started, I downloaded UFC four, which is just fun to just punch people. I don't know. I like UFC. Uh, and you just go around punching people in the chest. And then uh, I also downloaded fallout four, as well okay which is did you play that one because i know you're you talked about it with will or is will the fallout guy so it's the, the, the fallout guy uh, yeah the goat is the fallout guy i am the far cry guy mm. i like far cry okay i was gonna ask if you'd played fallout 4 because it is 
guess what it is right up your alley uh open world game that seemingly has no end to it so uh, i'm, I'm kind of <laughs> yeah, getting into that the only one i've seen is fallout vegas new vegas i don't know if yeah. that's fallout yeah I, that's the only one i've seen and that's because the goad promised that he would download it and literally just punch people and do nothing else yet he didn't do any of that yeah fallout new vegas is like fallout 3.5 oh, it was done okay. by a different developer and the narrative of fallout new vegas is like the it's very much lauded for its story narrative the gameplay not so much so when i tr got into it as someone who's a fallout purist i'm used to an isometrical <laughs> i'm used to an isometrical view instead of first person I uh, couldn't quite get into it. It was like I played it six years after it came out, and I was like, "Yeah, the this did not age particularly well." Well, if you guys would like to support CMD Tower and all the content we put out, you should head over to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash CMD Tower. Yeah, uh, we have four different levels, and it literally varies from us sending you free swag, access into the Discord, literally just join for a buck a month, and you get a bunch of soft. Uh, value that we kind of bring our community plus you help us get to our goal of hopefully getting to 50 patrons so that way we can start having the collective on brews and builds every month so definitely go join now if you're already a patron and you actually have a friend friend of me someone at your lgs that you think would be a good fit for the collective refer them have them join and on patreon shoot us a little uh message saying hey xyz uh, demon lord uh, i don't know if that's a real person or not but that'd be a pretty cool name. Like, xyz pretty, demon lord that's a good that's a great tag name actually i'm gonna go and see if they exist on twitter <laughs> uh and we will actually send you uh, something for free just for reference or referring someone new to the collective now we also do have our store cmdtower.com slash merch if you ever want to pick up any of our cmd tower branded swag that's the best place to do it uh, you should definitely go because there's a redacted bit that maybe once the redacted bit is fulfilled, it As can no longer be yeah. a redacted bit. I could I could then just say, here's what happened, and bit. then I never yes. have to talk about it again. Or you could just share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And we do want to give shout outs to our amazing editors because we couldn't do the episode without them at Dear Squee on Twitter. Uh, or dearsquee at cmdtower.com is his email. He is our audio producer, Squee McGee. Uh, he does in-person recordings. He obviously does virtual recordings now that Tuck lives remote. Uh, so if you ever need some audio help, hit him up. Rich Chaos Records would be happy to hook you up. And at underscore teacoats, Tyler is our video editor. You actually have probably seen some of his work throughout the community. He works with several other podcast channels as well to help bring their audio to life in video. So definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel, watch the videos. Uh, Tuck, I was last night, middle of the night, I was just going through. Did you know that we one of our YouTube videos hit like 500 views? What? Which one? Um, I want to say it was the uh, Human uh, deck, your oh, Silvar and Trin. The class. Wait, really? That's weird. That yeah, even like a yeah great it deck. was very weird. Even even the Sheldon deck only got like 25% the viewership of that one. Bastards. So, thought that was interesting. But yeah, guys, go uh, subscribe, go watch the videos, or leave comments at the bare minimum. Let us know how we can make the videos more attractive so that way you guys want to flock to YouTube. Uh, and quick quick Demon Lord update. Uh, there was not an XYZ, but there was a 123 who I'm now pending following. So we'll, we'll bring him <laughs> into the collective. <laughs> 
So Bruise of Builds is our deck deck series. Since we conquered the path to 32, tackled tons of EDH themes, we're going to be discussing, or rather, theory crafting a deck bum, bum, that bum. doesn't even exist yet. Yeah. Each month will consist of new decks, and we correlate how these decks are constructed, similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down to four different categories. The first one's ramp and said your board state, that's grains. And grains are the foundation of a beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow and stabilize and ramp in your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then we have, how does your board interact with your opponents? Maybe their strategies, protecting yourself. We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands, help distinguish subcategories like this OG Lagunitas IPA, which is one of the first uh, main market ones that is now brewed in Chicago. Our hop choices drink. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. And then we have one of my favorite sections. Uh, actually, how does your deck win or accomplish its weird goal? We call that yeast. <laughs> and uh, yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, to be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have shenanigans. There are no alter of the broods in my recommendations, but these Yay. are pet card synergies that are in the deck that are just kind of interesting or fun. We call that spice. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout or the addition of vanilla that turns a stout into a vanilla stout. Uh, oh, I was going to say cat. Cat. Uh, not every, Oh, damn it. I was going to ask you about that. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, is where we generally talk about it. So without further ado, guys, let's get brewing. Let's get theory. Episode two of theory crafting. It was my turn to get Tux help. So I was actually looking at my color pie and I thought that my Grixis deck is a little blah. It's World Gorger combo or just beats with dragons. Um, I enjoy playing it. I kind of get side eyes from my play group when I do play it. <laughs> side eye. So I thought, how could I choose a legend that embodies how I like to play, yet you have some rigmaroles to kind of work through? So, ladies and germs, I want to introduce a commander you've or legend you've probably never heard of, <laughs> and it even has worse um, actual like art on the oh, card. Oh, this is atrocious. Garza Zol, Play Queen. Tuck, why don't you read off what Oof. this card is, and then I'll kind of talk about why I wanted to theory craft around this. Okay, so Garza Zol, Play Queen, is a legendary creature vampire that's a 5-5 five five and costs four and Grixis. That's blue, black, and red. She's a flying in haste, which is pretty interesting. Then whenever a creature dealt damage by Garza's old Plague Queen, this turn dies. Put a 1-1 counter on her, uh, which should just be called like Vampiric or something because it's on a whole litany of vampires. And then finally, when she deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. And real quick, I actually did some research into the lore of her. So she came into prominence after the Ice Age started melting. And then all these bacteria and other diseases that were once dormant came to life. And we're ravaging all the life of whatever, uh, all the living life of whatever that uh, continent, or I think it's Dominaria, I have no idea anymore. Uh, and so that's why she's the Plague Queen. Because she's a vampire, she was immune to him, and she decided to strike at this time. Very interesting. I think the more interesting thing is going to be trying to figure out <laughs> how many do. cards is Garza even referenced in because there's actually only two cards with Garza in 
the uh, title of the card, obviously the commander we're talking about today, and then Garza's Assassin, uh, Black, Black, Black. It has a, a effect I've never even heard of, Recover. Pay oh. half your life rounded up. When another creature is put into your graveyard from play, you may pay half your life rounded up, and if you do, return this card from your graveyard to your hand. Otherwise, remove this card from the game. So you have to do it. <laughs> That is or horrible. you, or it gets exiled, yeah. and the card is a two-two that sacrifices to destroy target non-black creature. Not good. Yeah, and then flavor good. text: Garza is only quoted on two cards: Feast of Flesh and Gutless Ghoul. So uh, Garza is one that is not what you would call popular with the no. kids. So my thought behind this was: okay, it's Grixis. So Grixis is gonna do Grixis stuff. I mean, that's just what it is. It's a five-five. It cares about dealing damage and it has two clauses to where one is a deal damage clause and then another one is a combat damage clause. So I thought that's kind of cool because Grixis, you could definitely do like some pinging type of effects mm -hmm. to hopefully take advantage of her second ability where you're killing the creatures and you're getting counters on her. She has haste and then boom, I'm hitting and I'm drawing cards. So kind of what I want to do around Garza is this in three parts. I have three different things I want to accomplish. I want to blight my opponents early and often, um, all the way up to the mid game to just slow them down. My commander costs seven. Grixis isn't known for the most mm -hmm. ramp efficient other than just artifacts. So we're going to do this through pinging, through negative stack static effects, and then we'll, we're going to try to use board wipes and counter magic if necessary. The second part of the deck is we're going to swing, swing, swing with extra combats. I want to try to get as many deal damage draw card effects and do that to leverage to draw through the deck. Now, I do have something a little, I would call it sweaty because it doesn't quite fit the theme of my deck. It was just very hard to build this deck. Uh, so I do have one way that doesn't necessarily deal with Garza doing the damage of drawing cards, but I think getting extra combats or extra Garzas to just draw through my deck as quickly as possible is something that's a lot of fun and it's different. It's not just playing Brainstorm, you know, 18 times in a game. I also did, for, last, I did forget that you were a big fan of the All-American Rejects when you were building this deck. That is true. That is true. Uh, great, great swing. Swing, swing. swing. Yeah. Uh, so, and then lastly, I want to win off, like I said, the most boring EDH way possible. Lab man, fastest Oracle, Jace, combo, draw the deck. If you have no cards, you win the game. But here's where I'm kind of putting a deck restriction on me. I have gone with a seven uh, CMC commander, so it's very expensive. And I would like the combo to initiate somehow with Garza's dealing damage effects. Whether it's the creature goes to the graveyard and somehow I start the card draw engine there. Whether it's she deals combat damage to a player and I get the card draw engine that way. I would like for Garza to really matter to make the combo go. So Tuck said a lot. It's a weird <laughs> commander. What are your thoughts? Uh, this was very difficult. <laughs> um, there is literally no data. Uh, I'm looking at her up on EDH rec. As we speak, I found one article that kind of helped with her. She's in 37 decks. So obviously there's not a whole lot to pull off there. I will give you credit here though. I, I think it's she's actually a fairly interesting commander in and of herself. Like I think she has good stats. She's a vampire. So if you want to do something a little bit different and go that route, 
Uh, you could kind of go there, the pinging stuff. Um, I do really like the, I liked your three parts of the deck overall. Uh, you did chide me when we were recording last night about me yelling at you about the lab man Thassa, which I, this, there's so much work that you have to do to yeah. enable that. I'm fine with it. I will not be, I'm leaving that mostly to you. Um, I found some other ways that I think might be a little bit more narrow to win with. Uh, but overall, like it, this was difficult, but fun and really kind of hope like it was fun to like think through and be like, okay, how, like, how do we make this work? Like, how do we talk about fun things? How do we, how do we bring up cards that maybe fell through the wayside or ones that, you know, I wouldn't normally play, but feel right in this deck with the themes. Yeah, I completely agree um, on all parts. The The biggest thing that I kind of hit the roadblock with is I probably spent two hours today just searching of like, okay, whatever a creature receives combat damage, draw a card. Or whatever right, you draw right, right. a card, deal damage. And it's just like, how do I make this work? Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, found cards that I had never heard of. Excellent. Combos that I had never seen before. So I, I can't wait to talk about one of them. I think from a, you know, one of the things I'd like to add to theory crafting is from a deck construction perspective, I think this is going to be probably a 36 land deck, but mm -hmm. I think you're going to have to run probably all the fetches that you can. Yeah. Because you want to try to get to what I think then, and Tuck, you let me know if this is a little too high. I think you probably need 10 mana rocks yes. in the deck as well. Does that yeah. sound fair? I, I yeah, at least like that because there's not a whole lot of ways to do it without those. Uh, mm -hmm. You're definitely going to want to be able to run those out and keep them around. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys. Well, let's let's just get into let's this. Let's get into I it. Think, I think it's going to be fun. Before um, we start, how many matchups? How many how many uh, shake rattles and rolls do you think we're going to have together? I think we're going to have zero. Yeah. Uh, well, no, sorry. Off of what I think I tipped you off on yesterday, I think we might have one to three that are matching. I think maybe at most. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe at maybe. most. I will tell you this. Outside of the three that I'm thinking of, not a single other one I guarantee you will pick. Okay. okay. Yeah. I like it. All right. Well, let's start off um, with the grain section, and I will kick this off. Um the, the great section Tuck and I were talking about before recording, this was the hardest one to do. Yeah, by, by a mile. Yeah, and, and I think the reason is, is like what we've talked about, Grixis, Grain, is pretty basic. It's your talismans of the world, mm. your signets, your soul rings, your mana crypts. It's basically just jamming all that stuff in there. And so this, this card, I think, is a great card to put in here just because it enables the pinging to draw cards to opponents, but then also if I actually have Garza out, it gets me two card draws per opponent I hit. So Curiosity, I think, is a good card. Ooh, okay, I'll probably yeah, just put yeah. in here. So single blue enchantment aura, um, it's an uncommon. Enchant creature, whenever enchanted creature deals damage to an opponent, you may draw a card. Um, you can get them yeah. as cheap as 35 cents. Um, you can, if you really, really felt like it, you could spend a dollar fifty for the eighth edition one. <gasps> um, I think this is a deck, Tuck, that's going to live in the red zone with your yeah. commander and almost make the table feel like you're a Voltron deck. And so I kind of wanted auras and some equipments like, hey, let's get Garza, whether it's a little beefy, we're doubling her mm -hmm. effects. Let's just yeah, try yeah. to make her do more. Yeah, I agree. I think Curiosity is a really good pick for her. Um, one thing that I think is pretty cool with Garza is that she does have evasion and haste on her right away, right? So 
if you feel like it's not the thing where if you get up to nine mana or seven mana and you're like, ooh, but if I could just wait a turn, then I can mm -hmm. cast this thing or do this other thing with her. Uh, she can still be threatening there. So yeah, like I think Curiosity is a great card. Uh, works well in here, low-costed, pretty much does everything that this deck wants. You did cut this out of your Vile Smasher deck, correct? That is after correct. Much, after much debate and gnashing and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Well, I don't remember if it was... I, no, actually, I didn't have Curiosity in there. I had Keen Sense and Ophidianai, and I think oh, I cut right, those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Tuck. What is your first green card for this Scarza deck? And I'm not lying, Tuck. I'm making our show notes as we go on, as I always do. I also have TCG player up because I want to see if I can build this deck because I <laughs> kind of like it. this challenge. Yeah, I think so, too. I think and like I think in similar scope to like a Hazazon Tamar, when I play that, no one has ever heard of it because they're more yep. new to the channel. So I think this would be one where like, oh, OK, wait, what? And like they like they look it up, they put it down and they're like, <laughs> what now? Um, so this is this is a card I like for a lot of reasons. Um, it's one that for me pretty much goes in every Grixis deck. But Nightscape Familiar gives you a lot of bang ah. for the buck. Yeah, so pretty vanilla here. But like you said, we were kind of running out of options. <laughs> but Nightscape Familiar is a colorless and a black for a creature zombie. It's a 1-1. One, one. Blue and red spells you cast cost one less to cast. And then a colorless and a black regenerate Nightscape Familiar. Uh, I used to, I run this in at least one of the Grixis decks. I don't think I run it in Marquesa. But you're looking for that reduction on all of your spells, right? Your your red spells, especially when you're talking about combat, that's really going to come into play here. And the one thing where I used to misplay this all the time is if a spell has both blue and red, you pay one less, not two less. And there was a long time of my early commander career that I just straight out cheated with Nekuzar. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it matters. But uh, ramp so, blocks. Yeah. Good card. I actually was going to put it on my list, but I was like, nah, I'm going to give Tuck the boring one. Um, and Tuck will be happy. You can get this in gold bordered. What? Oh, what? <laughs> what? What? How upset would you be if not only I got all my gold board cards, of which I have many, but I went through the effort of having them foiled third party? I would actually respect that a little bit. <laughs> the, the the extra effort put into this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I would. You, you'd get a You'd get a. Thumbs up from Mr. Combo. Oh, all right. All right. Well, moving on to the next card. So one of the things that I kind of thought of with this deck is my commander does cost so much. So I'm playing late game. Yeah. So I'm able to kind of hold back stuff a little bit just to see, you know, what kind of happens. And one thing we talk about a lot is how powerful enchantments are. Mm. So I think Mirror Maid will give oh, me flexibility yeah. at any point to kind of figure out, like, what do I need? Do I need my own Rhystic Study? Do I need a Smothering type? Right, right, right. So right. a colorless blue-blue enchantment, you can get it for $1.77. Um, you may have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any artifact or enchantment on the battlefield. And that's actually why yeah. I like this so much is because it's any artifact or enchantment. A lot of these clone effects, it's something you control. So, yeah. I mean, for less than $2, this is going to help me adjust. Uh, even if I have to burn this on a soul ring, that's okay, because I need the mana. And we we also need our... Talked about Throne of Eldrain. Got it right out of the way. So, again, <laughs> as we made mention, still a trash set, but we happen to fit, bring it up all the time. This card's insanely good. Like you said, if you need a prop another propaganda even, right? Like anything mm -hmm. that you want, 
the artifact and enchantment clause is such clutch on this. And for three mana, you really can't go wrong with it. I think this is not quite a standard in blue, but I think this card goes in a lot of decks that people don't play it in. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right, Tuck, what are you doing for your next hops card? Okay, so I know that single shot draw spells are not your favorite. Correct. But I wanted to find a few that would help you draw cards and do something else, right? Or okay. draw you a bunch. So obviously I am on my anti-Phyrexian arena. I just cut it from another deck. So if you need them, I have about 15 spare. Uh, there's a new card that came out in Commander 2021 that I think has a lot of wheels in here. So Stinging Study. Four colorless and a black for an instant. You draw X cards and you lose ah. X life, where X is the mana value of a commander you own on the battlefield or in the command zone. It's about $2. So it's a one-time shot, sure, but for five mana and seven life, you're drawing seven cards at any time of the game. It's gonna help you at instant speed too. So it's gonna help you build your hand up, find, dig into those things that you're looking for. The lose the life kind of sucks, but the fact that you're, gonna, you're getting more cards out of this than what you're putting in, to me, makes this a burst effect that's a better Rexian Arena. If you want to run Necropotent, sure, I don't care, but seven, the five mana for this for seven is an insane rate. Yeah, that's not bad, because um, you are right. I'm usually anti the one-time use, but also usually the reason I'm one anti one-time use is it's three mana for two cards. Two cards, yeah. Something like that, or two mana for two cards, but you have to discard, discard two cards. So you, actually, oh, yeah. you actually only lost a card. You didn't even gain card advantage. At least this, I'm going to go up six cards, and Oops. it's even um, each card I'm drawing is costing me less than one mana. So I'm okay with yeah. that. I think... I think I think Stinging Study probably is a card I would proactively run in decks that have commanders that cost six, seven, eight, nine Ex mana. Exactly, and I cut, I took this and cut Phyrexian Arena out of my Prosh deck because it's like you're ah. getting you're getting an extra card out of that, and it's right away. And also, Phyrexian Arena sucks. So there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my last one, Grixis. We love to steal shit. I mean, Ooh. just. We don't we don't like people to have their own stuff. We would like to be the one that owns everything. So I think Dak Faden would be really oh, good yeah. for this deck. Oh yeah, because um, it'll it'll help enable a few things for me. Colorless is it? Uh, that'd be blue and red. It comes in with three loyalty and it's a planeswalker. It's a mythic. Cheapest copy you can <laughs> get is twenty bucks, and that's the secret layer drop with the terrible um, with the that's borderline impossible to read. Yeah, uh, the Mythic Edition, which I do own a copy. Wow, $100 now. Oh! Jesus. That's a lot. That's All right, good. so it has three activated effects. And the first two, I'm going to read the last one because I'll never, this is not important for the deck. Minus right. six, get an emblem. Whenever you cast a spell that targets one or more permanents, gain control of those permanents. This deck isn't doing that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but plus one, target player draws two, then discards two. Uh, I could use that for myself. I could use that for other people. If they mm -hmm. put something to top a library, like a scheming symmetry, I could oh, run it yeah. in this deck and then make them discard. Um, so that's going to help. And it's going to filter through because I think at the core, I still want this deck to burn through the library as quick yeah. as possible mm -hmm. to get to the win. Um, and then the minus two is another reason I think it's a good grain card is just gain control of target artifact. It could be an artifact yeah. land. It could be an equipment. It could be an actual mana rock. 
this card early for this deck with how expensive the commander is, is going to make sure either one of two things. I'm going to gain net value by taking people's mana rocks, or I'm going to filter through the deck and always make sure I have land, so I at least hit the land drop every time. Yeah, exactly. And we'll talk about that in my hops, but you're, I think this is a deck where you're always going to be, you're always hunting for land, right? And being able to discard a card where it's like, okay, I drew two. One of them was a land. One of them was a draw spell. All right, I always bend the draw spell because I have other ways to do it. Uh, yep. I think just uh, now outside of Tybalt, the Fiend Blooded, I think Dak oh Faden is one of the most versatile commanders for the for the colors. Where are you? Where are your thoughts on this being like? It not it's hard because it's definitely not a staple. It's definitely not a standard. Let me okay. Let me actually let me ask you this way. I think true. Do you agree or disagree? I think Dak Faden gets better once you add another color to an is it in a deck. I would agree with that. I think because most is it on its own is spell slinger artifacts. All permanent it? seven dwarves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all permanent seven dwarves. So I think you need to put in the black, the green, or the white, mm -hmm. and you actually oh white would be weird. I don't know if I'd like that. In that, uh, yeah, I can't even think of what commander that would be. What is green? What's your wait, white? Wait, what do you mean? White, blue, red is a uh, Savine. That's your Savine. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeskai. That'd be Ugh. weird. Yeah, Jeskai would be weird. I that feel is like a yeah, that's a bad one. It really is like green. I think this goes really well in you know, in Grixis and Jun decks in that, in yeah. that regard, right? I think this is really good in a lot of Grixis decks. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit more on the expensive side. All right, Tuck. Well, what's your last green card? All right, we're doing more draw stuff, but I think this again is going to play into the uh, theme of the deck, as said. So Tezzeray's Gambit. So three colorless mm. and a uh, Phyrexian mana. So let me rephrase that. Three colorless and two life. Draw two cards and then proliferate. So choose any number of permanents and or players and give each another counter of each kind already there. So again, I know you don't love the... I know you don't love the pay three, draw two, right? Not a great rate. But I think that with your commander gaining counters and potentially part of the blight build of where we're putting counters on other things, uh, that's why I think proliferate. I'm not running a bunch of them, but uh, the two that I'm talking about here, I think play very well into that theme. So that's interesting. I actually never thought about doing counters. A lot of mine were a lot of static effects. Oh, Just okay. all creatures get negative two, negative two, negative one, negative right, one. Right, right, right. Um, but that's interesting to kind of think of that. I, I don't know if I'm sold on it because I mean, the, the three mana draw two proliferates nice. I'm also just trying to figure out in my head, how often is she actually going to have counters because she's I, not, it's yeah. not like people are going to be blocking her. She has flying in haste. Right. I'm always going to have someone to hit. Um, and I don't think people want to block her because she's already a five, five. So unless you're playing dragons or angels, you probably yeah. have thopters. And when that stuff dies, she just gets bigger. So I, I don't know how many counters she's going to have the negative counter proliferates. Very interesting though. Uh, I just, I didn't even, if you have cards in your hop section, that'll talk to it. I'm definitely oh, yeah. open to it. I got, I got stuff. I got stuff that is in hops and yeast that are going to be very interesting for this. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the grain section. Now we're going to head over and actually see how we're going to interact with all of our opponents. And Vic okay. Tuck, I think you should get to start. We have, what do you think we should go with? There's an in, You have an interesting history with this card because this is one of the ones that I think was the 
disease that broke the camel backs, aka Mr. Gravino's terrible proxies that he paid off on his own. So, as the ice thaws across Dominaria as the Ice Age, various horrible welts and boils come across people that they're not aware of, almost as if they had received a pox. Pox, pox. Not small pox, oh, pox. big pox. Triple black, sorcery, easily castable with dark ritual, uh, not in the deck. Each player loses a third of their life, then discards a third of the cards in their hand, then sacrifices a third of the creatures they control, and then sacrifice a third of the lands they control round up each time. Why do I like this? So here's here's what I think this is, right? You talked about playing the mid-range, kind of slowing people down with the different blights. When you play this, as we talked about, lands for this deck are not as important as mana rocks, right? This doesn't hit enchant. This doesn't hit artifacts. So you're going to have all those left around. You're drawing a gazillion cards. And as long as you have another creature on the battlefield, you'll be able to keep your commander, right? This is going to slow down token decks. This is going to slow down landfall and ramp decks. And this is going to slow down life gain decks way more efficiently than it's going to hurt you. So again, not going to be in every single play time that you're going to use it. But I think played at the right point, this disease is really going to do some wonders. Wow. Um, I mean, I'm interested because it's an old card and I don't yes. own a copy. And so I think that would be cool to own. Is this a piece of magic history? It is not, unfortunately, but it is $15 uh, and there's no foil that I'm aware of. So, uh, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah, that's my right. Yeah. Well, I say no, no. Huh. That's weird. Cause I'm pretty sure Garza, you can get in foil and that's, I say she's, she's from cold snap. Which oh, was later. Snap. Oh, I got yes. you. So, okay. On its surface, it's very weird. It um, reads, I will, I will give you credit, it reads horrible. It reads yeah. really, really bad. So, you're, I, I, I can, I know, I knew you'd have some apprehension with this one. So, are you trying to do some like shenanigans where it's like, hey, if they're sacrificing and then I get to do stuff, like, how are we, is, or is this just a, hey, I'm doing a board wipe, I'm just doing it in a way that it, it hits everything? in the latter right so this is a way yeah. this deck grixis decks of the ones i've ever played are always tailing behind for the most part right like you're short on lands because you don't have any ramp you're kind of you can be kind of short on creatures unless you're playing a token build but doing this makes you sacrifice your lands so it puts Correct. you behind but i'm saying like if you play this on turn let's say you play this on turn three right and you have two artifact manas out and then you're playing a green player or an omnath player someone who has five eight lands they're going to get dinged so much worse than you when this comes out because you're going to lose one land but other people might lose two three four and you're already going to have your artifact package ready to go so there's it's going to slow them way down huh. more than you same thing All with right. the discard right same thing with the discard in your hands right we're drawing cards we're always going to have a full grip i think i i'm telling you i think it i think this card's got a little bit more uh run to it than others and I cut out another card that I know you would hate, which we can talk about at a later date. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Uh, moving on to my first hops card. Uh, I'm talking about a card that I believe first came out in Apocalypse. Ooh. Um, I talked about how I want Garza's, whenever it deals damage to a creature, if it dies this turn, if she gets the counter, uh, I need pinging effects. Mm. But I also want to kind of do this aura package. So Quicksilver Dagger, I think, is actually oh, pretty cool. Oh, okay, yeah. Colorless is it. Enchantment Aura. It's an uncommon. 
Uh, you can get it for 13 pennies, and it says Enchant Creature. Enchanted Creature has tap. This creature deals one damage to target player, and you draw a card. So we talked about pinging the players, being able to draw cards. Yes, so this is nice to where it won't necessarily kill all of my opponent's creatures, so I can do that rigmarole, but what it will do is I think there will be a time to where I can't attack, and yes, I need to be right. able to draw a card somehow. So at least this, it doesn't even have to be on my commander. It could be on anything. Let right. me ping a player to draw a card. But if it could be on my commander, then it's just gravy because then I could do rigmaroles of give it vigilance. Let me swing mm -hmm. in. I'll hit you another turn. Let me ping someone. And now that it's target player, it also could do planeswalker. So now I can also right. ping planeswalkers, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I like it. I think this is a card that I've, I've always liked and couldn't really find a deck for it. Um, I, I think this will play very nicely into your commander and some of the other things I'm about to talk about, being able to lower some power because your commander will is a 5-5. Five five, so we always want targets for her to ping with this so that you can add more counters on her, make her bigger, and get the draw effect out of it. So I like it. I think it, now if this card didn't have the you draw a card clause, would you still It run? wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be no. good. Okay, good. No. I, I agree with that. I completely forgot that that card does that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if it didn't have the uh, draw card, I, I, there's way yeah. better stuff you could put in here. So, all right, Tuck, what's your next hop? Okay, uh, another disease card. Another theme on that that also is, is a big deck. We're disease dot deck. Uh, I think pestilence is a really really ah. good effect in this deck. So two colors, double black for an enchantment at the beginning of the end step. If no creatures are on the battlefield, sacrifice it. And if not, you can pay one black and it deals one damage to each creature and each player. So I, I kind of have this like thought in the back of my mind that your life total is always going to be low, right? Like it's always going to be yeah. a little bit lower than everyone else's because you're getting attacked or whatever. So I think this does two form. One, it cuts down on tokens and faster decks. If they get a bunch of two twos or something like that out, you can wipe them, assuming that there's a three three on the battlefield. But also, even though it's dealing damage to you, starting to ping other players down kind of all in the same run so that if, hey, if I'm getting attacked and I'm losing life, I might as well have you guys lose life too. Uh, oh, you yeah. can also do some weird rigmaroles that if you do like ping with your commander and it's a three three, you pay this two, then it dies, then it gets the counter. And then next time it's even easier to build up from there. I think this is a, this is kind of like a good a good way to keep parity on the board, which is what I'm really trying to go with. I like it. I mean, I didn't put it in any of my picks and hopefully it doesn't take away from you, but like Pyrohemia, same type yep. of thing. Yep, agreed. Uh, you, you need stuff like that. And the only downside is that, yes, it does pretty much take away the ability for your commander to do it. But, you know, if someone has a 4-4, four, four, you could deal three. And then if you have a way to ping it with your commander, then you get to draw the card. Um, so I like it. You know, I think there is a package to where you have Garza and you have this somehow rigmarole up, maybe even somehow figure out how to bring an intruder alarm. Uh, we might be talking about that later. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, buddy. Oh, Papa happy. Just, just, just you wait, just you wait. All right, so for my next hop card, we talked about the whole pinging thing and pestilence yep. and pyrohemia and cards like that are very, very good and they could definitely help you um, you know, ping those guys down so the single ping will do it. But that's also requiring you to have that all that set up on the board. So, one of my favorite cards and oldest cards that I have played, I think, is an absolute slam dunk. So we're talking about Basilisk Collar. Let's oh, give this yeah. hooker 
some death touch. Let's, let's also her. give her some uh, life link. So, that's yeah, really color, one colorless artifact equipment. It's a rare. You can now get them for a dollar fifty. Freaking go buy them. So good. Equip it's in a precon. They're in a precon now. Yeah. Equip creature has death touch and life link and equip is two. So being able it's to bonkers, ping with death yeah. touch, we talked about it during a uh, big tuck Cheville episode. It absolutely unlocks all the stuff for you. But I think the life link is kind of sneaky good. Mm. Considering you said that you feel like my life total is always going to be low. So I'm probably going to need to gain five Somewhere here and back. there yeah. just to stay alive. This was absolutely on my list as well. Uh, I just couldn't figure out it like what I couldn't figure. I couldn't put together because I don't have a pinger package. I couldn't pinger package the P the P squared. Uh, I couldn't quite figure out how to put it and to slot it into my cards. But yes, I think this mm. card is like a must have artifact in this deck. Um, any way that you build it. Cool. Well, Tuck, what is your last card? Okay. Again, this one was an accident. You got me on this. This also, this also deals with sickness, uh, mostly in sickness and not in health, but going okay. back to the proliferate rigmarole, okay. there's this card I think is one of the more devastating proliferates uh and it's also a good way to start lowering some of these bigger creatures over time oh okay. so contagion engine i oh, think might yeah. be an interesting i think that might be interesting if you're if depending on if the, that's the build you want to go with so six colorless for an artifact which is quite a bit but that's fine uh when it enters the battlefield put a minus one minus one counter on each creature target player controls and then for four colorless and tap you can proliferate and then proliferate again so Again, I'm not I'm not quite sure how much we're leaning into the plus one plus one counters um, on on our gal on our gal Garza. But if you do play it and you see that's happening a lot, I think these pro these proliferate things will help a bunch. But even then, this can shut down a token player, even if someone's playing something more mid range like Drake's or um, I think that. One of the commanders are going to be seeing a lot of is that Boros commander that makes those golems. Knocking those down by one across the board makes them easier to ping, makes it harder to block with, makes it easier to put counters onto your commander, and then you can proliferate, start adding those up back. Yeah, I think the challenge with the Contagion Engine, um, and the reason I'm not sold on it for this deck, is I think Contagion Engine is a card like Chain Veil. You have to have tons you of have ways to, play to with add. The yeah, you have to be able to add yeah. counters. You don't run Chain Veil if you have three or four Planeswalkers. You do it if you have 15. Sure, right. um, and I think Contagion Engine, unless we're going to, other than the commander, unless we're going to do more, we're putting counters on mm -hmm. stuff, I think we would have to have at least probably 10, 15 cards that either put plus one or negative counters on items to probably make Contagion Engine work. I think a compromise, though, Tuck, because you might be on there. The proliferate might be a loose thing is uh, what's it like? Karn's Bastion, the land. That oh, that's a land that proliferates. Yeah, 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 yeah. That might actually be a better fit, because I think if Contagion Engine went in here and it's like, OK, the proliferate proliferate. I think I would then need to figure out how to bounce it. So then I could put new negative put counters, the counters on, on it, yeah. their stuff. Uh, but it, it is an interesting thought if we went that counter route. Ooh. So, my last one is a combo. Burp, 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 burp. Oh. All right. So, it's a little sweaty, but okay. I like it. I'm here. I, I, like I, like, it. I like the start of that. I like this a lot. All right. So, my combo is pretty interesting. So, we're going to start off with having Garza out on the battlefield. Okay. And casting Scythe of the Wretched and equipping it to her. So two colorless, 
It's a rare, it's an artifact equipment for about five bucks. Equip four. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. Whenever a creature dealt damage by equipped creature, this turn is put into a graveyard. Return that card to play under your control. Attach Scythe of the Wretched to that creature. So we put that on my commander. Okay. Then we cast Arc Bond. Whenever someone tries to do something to my commander, block it, whatever. Arc Bond, two colorless red, instant. It's a rare from Fate Reforged. Get it for about 38 pennies. Choose target creature. Whenever that creature is dealt damage this turn, it deals that much damage to each other creature and each player. So the thought is that you throw this on your commander, it ends up taking that damage, and it deals that much damage to everyone else. The ceiling, your commander kills everything that's four toughness or less. You get all of that back, and she also gets plus one counters for all those creatures that died as well. The floor, though, is that you just board wipe and you still get everything back. Right. And so I look at this as a way to kind of with that theft piece, be able to take everything from my opponents. So what do you think of Arc Bond and Scythe of the Wretched wretched. being somewhat Uh, of a sweeper, somewhat of a pillow fort? It's definitely it's definitely sweaty. Um, I actually really like Arc Bond on its own. Uh, I think that card has a lot of wheels and this deck and maybe some other ones. Um, if if you're trying to get cute, which I know you are, because this is in fact a cute deck, I'm here for it. It just it is in fact a Rube Goldberg machine in a big way because I feel that if people see this. They're going to be like, oh, I'm just like, oh, we'll get to this. I think why this will work is that I believe the way that we're building this deck is we're going to be painting people into a corner of being like, well, do I want to block or do I just want to take the damage, right? Ah. Because of all the other effects we going on. Like, I, we'll, yeah. we, 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 we kind of, we talked about that a little bit up front and I'll get to that more in the yeast. So I like the scythe in that regard where now it's like, okay, not only do I have to sacrifice a flyer, but they're going to get it unless it's a token, right? Like mm-hmm. Adios Angel, Adios, that sort of thing. And I will say this, um, I think something, if the scythe was just the static ability, I wouldn't be so hot on it. However, that turns your commander into a three-turn clock, maybe even shorter than that, which we'll get to. Uh, so yeah, okay, I'm... I'm I'm back. Actually, I feel, no, I feel like back. I feel I like you just talked yourself yeah. into it. I'm I mean I'm actually I'm I'm into it 100. No, we're we're yeah no this I like it. I don't I think this is I think both the here's the thing if both these cards didn't work like I think both these cards individual of themselves in this deck work very well. So the fact that they both work well together, I'm here for it. I like it. It's a two. It's 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 sweaty, but it's in the right way. Like All like right. porno scene sweaty, not like male locker room sweaty. I mean I mean can we call this slimy then? It's more. I would say it's more slimy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because it works. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. All right. I can dig it. All right. right. Well, guys. All right. That's gonna wrap up the hot profile. Now we're gonna head over to the yeast and how the deck potentially win. And I'll start off with the most boring of it all. It's three cards. Uh, If you've been playing Magic, you know what they are. So uh, basically, the goal of the deck is to draw the deck and eventually have no cards to draw. So that's Oracle. We'll be going in the deck. That's a blue blue creature, Merfolk Wizard. Uh, I hate the fact that I don't have to pay eight dollars because I actually don't own a copy of Thassa's Oracle. Really? You don't? Um, yeah. I'm kind of surprised. Damn, uh, damn, uh, Cedh over here. The just foils ten. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I'm going to want the extended copy, which is going to cost me oh. a cool... Oh, God, I can't get the foil. Foil extended art, $67. <laughs> that's, that's a price. You only need one, though, right? So you might as well get yeah, the good one. <laughs> that's fair. I actually think I'm just going to get the regular copy and foil, because that's cheaper than the extended art. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, fast as Oracle... Uh, when it ETBs, guys, basically you look at the top X of your library where X is your devotion to blue. You put one on top of the library and the rest on the bottom. But if X is greater than or equal to the number of cards in your library, you just win the game. So uh, last last thing on Thassa's Oracle, you this was a swap that you had me put into my mono blue Sphinx deck. It has ah. won me the game, I think, three or four times since I put it in. Really? Yes, oh, it, works, it works. It works great. Yeah, it works great. So that I'm sorry. I'm very happy. I didn't want to derail it, but I know you I know you'd appreciate that. No, no, I definitely did. So that would be the first one. Uh, the second one that does a very similar effect is going to be Laboratory Maniac. Uh, mm. Doing this from memory. That is two colorless blue creature wizard. It is a human wizard. It's actually human wizard, Harry, but that's okay. It's a human wizard. Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Is it a one, two? Double two. You Double get, you, you, get, you get your grizzly bear for it. Yeah. I, I got I got 50% there. And then it basically just states if you were to draw a card and you have no cards in your library, you win the game. Yep. So uh, that'll be Lab Man. And so then the last one is Jace Wheeler of Mysteries. A little bit more flavorful because uh, it does more than just win the game. So this is a colorless blue, blue, blue. Legendary Planeswalker Jace. Uh, for, uh, for loyalty, it's rare. Uh, oh my gosh. The uh, War of the Stark... War of the Spark promo is now $190. Ooh, the Japanese version. Good yeah. lord. Wow, the Secret Layer one's almost 30. The right? stained it's glass. Insane. That's crazy. So I wish, I wish we would have gotten one of those instead of 17 of Johnny's or whatever. Jesus, I know. <laughs> did you get you got what'd you get? Four and one? Uh yeah, basically um the uh, Teferi bundle with Teferi's protection. It was like the charity one. I got yeah, a yeah. Johnny in every single one, but I think that's <laughs> what they did for everyone. I think. I don't know. Uh, but static effect, if you would draw a card while your library has no cards, you win the game. That That is the win clause. But it does have yeah. two abilities. Plus one, target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard, draw a card. Hey, I'm, I can either mill myself, draw a card, mill yeah. someone else, draw a card. It's all good gravy for me. Minus eight, draw seven. Then if your library has no cards, you win the game. Um, yep. So that's basically my win package. I want to be able to draw as much as possible. But like I said, guys, you know, I'm not going to put hold hold your butt cheeks. Grim monolith power artifact combo because I'm not trying to blue sun zenith for 100 and draw out my deck. Um, I would like to try to do it through some rigmarole uh, that's okay. a little bit sweatier. All right. Yeah, I, I think in order for me, it goes Jace, Thassa's Lab Man. If I was going to put them in that order right, I agree. Like, Jace at least does something. Um, and then Thassa also sort of does something. Lab Man is kind of a dead card. Like, yeah. most of the time, you don't play Lab Man until you already have it all assembled, right? And then it's just kind of icing on the cake there. But yes, if you, if you want to win this way, you pretty much have to run all three of these in here. All right. Well, Tuck, I think this is where you and I might start aligning... What's your first yeast card or really? yeast package you want to talk so, about? So I have a yeast package. I have another, I have a one card and then I have another yeast package. So let me start okay. with the one. Let me start with the one that's the most straightforward. Again, um, your commander is a five, five, which is pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. So in my opinion and the, the draw is really key in the deck, right? So figuring out how to give her double strike is really important. 
Okay. In my opinion. So the first one I think is the worst of the two is Blood Mist, which is very straightforward. Ah, yep. Three colorless and a red. At the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature control gains double strike until end of turn. Pretty innocuous. Um, it's kind of just if you're doing the double strike thing, it, it kind of is a slam dunk in there. Uh, I think the better version of this is Ember Cleave, which is four colorless, double red for uh, a legendary equipment artifact. Again, from that horrible set, uh, Throne of Eldraine. We, we were correct on the nose on that one. Again, it's got flash. It costs one less to cast for each attacking creature you control. When it enters a battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. They get plus one, plus one, and have double strike and trample. Uh, really, it's just another double strike enabler. And this one at flash speed, you can kind of catch someone maybe when their pants are down. But, Mr. Combo, what is the most important reason why double strike is important on your commander? Because every time it deals combat damage to a player, I get to draw a card. Well, that's, that's, that is definitely one of them. But what is that? How much damage will it be doing each turn just oh, on the nose? 10. 10. And why is that important? Because 21 commander damage means I win the game. Oh, no, no. You win it much faster than that, sir. Because again, with the sickness, we give it a little tainted strike action. And now you can just one shot somebody. Tainted strike, one black for an instant. Target creature gets plus one, plus zero, and gains infect until end of turn. You don't even need 21. You only need 10, baby. That's what we're going for. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Now, I, I thought about leaning. I've seen builds of the deck that really lean super hard into the infect. I only am... I'm, I'm not dipping my toes. I kind of have my hand under the water like, uh, like, I'm, like I'm angling, right? Like I'm catfishing under okay. the water trying to get that thing. But that's the magic number. With just one double strike enabler and tainted strike, boom. One less player you have to worry about. But, then I'm not gonna be but now I'm not going to be dealing combat damage. or No, it deals combat damage in the form of infect. Okay, it's so also be able to draw my cards. Yeah, it deals damage to creatures in the form of counters and to players in the form of poison counters. But I believe it still deals damage. Wow, and a foil copy of that's fifteen dollars. What? <laughs> or I could just get the non-foil for a dollar, which yeah, I will do. Wow, that's actually still kind of surprising. But yes, um, again, just being able to one-shot someone with your commander, especially because she costs so much, I think is really, really important. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, Ember Cleave is an awesome card. Yeah, it's um, so good. Definitely, I thought of another equipment from that trash set, Throne of Eldraine, that should probably go in here. Begins with shadow, ends with spear. Oh uh, yeah, that, that no, would no, also no. be oh, no no that that is from a good set. That's from the Theros set. Oh really? Oh, I thought Shadow Spear yeah. was from uh, Throne as well. No no no. But yes, you are correct. That is also a slam dunk in the stack. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I like this like double strike package, and then like if there are either random pump or infect spells that you can do right. at instant speed, that's pretty cute. I like and, it. And I and I think like the reason why I went with Tainted Strike specifically is because I think if you put something on her that gives her infect people are going to see it coming from a mile away yeah right and they're like oh this is an infect deck now now we have to like really worry about this but mm -hmm. the fact that you can just do this little thing and then you're good to go makes sense to me yeah uh, also if you're curious uh you could get a full art shadow spear for only like five bucks more than the regular god what's that 25 bucks 30 25 Ugh. Hate that all right card. well my second package is I talked how I want to try to do stuff with Garza. Um, want to do it as often as possible. So <laughs> one way to do that is to have lots of copies of her. So oh. I think a slam dunk in here is going to be Helm of the Host. Oh, Four yeah. Colorless, oh, yeah. legendary artifact equipment. Oh, 15 bucks. Wow. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. It's a rare uh, from Dominaria. 
At the beginning of combat on your turn, create a token that's a copy of equipped creature. Except the token isn't legendary if equipped creature is legendary, and that token gains haste. So basically, yeah. is if I can keep getting more and more Garzas to get more and more and more draw triggers, that's going to get me to my Labman, Thassa, Jace win even quicker. Plus, yeah. it's more flavorful because now I am hitting you for five, and it's not like I'm just paying mana to draw a card. So it, it lets me be aggressive and in the red zone, but still try to win through dirtily winning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you're playing this tail end of the game, this is really going to help you out. Uh, I am a big fan of Helm of the Host. I actually had to cut it from Hazazon because it does it does cost a lot. But if you can play it at the right time, it is incredibly back backbreaking. Especially if you can put it on like your Thassa's Oracle, even then as like a backup, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing, Tuck, is uh, I mean Hazazon costs a lot, but you're in green, so you could ramp really quick. I can't sure, do yeah. that. So most likely there will be games where I play Garza on turn eight. And so doing mm-hmm. Helm of the Host on turn five doesn't feel as bad. Right, 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 right. Yeah, good point. Uh, so that's the first one. Uh, and then the next two are the Sakashima uh, twins. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, uh, we'll start first with Sakashima of a Thousand Faces. Uh, this is the more recent one. So this is three colorless blue, legendary creature, human rogue. It's a mythic for $20. Good God. Yeah, it's unreal. Uh, you partner, may have baby, partner. Sakashima of a Thousand Faces. ETB is a copy of another creature you control, except it has Sakashima of a Thousand Faces other abilities, which her other abilities are the legend rule doesn't apply to permanents you control. It's a 3-1. So once again, yep. this just gets me another Garza. And if I have a way to clone Garza, now I don't have to worry about a legendary rule. I don't think I'm going to have too much of that in this deck. I think it's going to be more ETB, you are it, legend doesn't matter. Or mm-hmm. ETB, you gain its effects at least. So then that way I have a somewhat clone copy of it. Right, right, right. And then lastly is going to be Sakashima the Imposter, uh, which funny enough is actually what Mr. T's avatar is based off of. That particular Oh, card. yeah. Oh, I never. Even, I was wondering so, about Sakashima that. Sakashima the yeah, Imposter yeah. was the OG Sakashima. Does very similar things uh, as a Thousand Faces, but a little bit different. So two colorless blue blue, still a three one. As it comes into play, you may choose a creature in play. If you do, Sakashima becomes into comes into play as a copy of that creature, except its name is still Sakashima the Imposter. It's still legendary, and it gains. Pay its two colorless blue blue. Return Sakashima the Imposter to its owner's hand at end of turn. Uh, this is also a $12 card. God, I'm picking expensive cards. I know. I was uh, going to say, this sounds like it's going to be an expensive deck. So basically, this one comes in. It's still Sakashima. So the legend rule doesn't matter because it doesn't check a name. But it still has the, hey, when you deal damage on a player, you get to draw a card. When you deal damage to creatures, yeah. if they die, it gets a plus one counter. Uh, so I think having this somewhat clone uh garza package is going to be critical to the deck because she costs eight once she's yeah. out there i can't afford to pay 10 12 14 i need her to be eight and then for four mana get another copy get another one yeah i agree um and i think like if you're playing if you're playing garza vampires you can kind of be like sweatier with her right mm-hmm. but the way that you're building it you need like she is the centerpiece more than a lot of decks that we've talked about on here right it's truly yeah. dependent on her and being able to have as many copies of her, and I'm sure we didn't get into it because it's boring, but like a lot of protection spells, a lot of way to make sure she stays on the board, I think is going to be critical for this deck to actually work. So I like yeah. it. They're all good. All good. All right. Well, what's your second round of yeast? 
So is this, is this another multi-parter? This is a one-parter. This is a okay. one-parter. So we, I was, I know you talked about in your uh, goals, talking a little bit about like trying to get some extra combat steps in. I did, and and this one is, I was really trying to figure out the way to do it that was the most effective. And as we talked about, I think in the idealized version of this deck, we're gonna be keeping a very, we're gonna be keeping the boards in check, right? Like we're gonna, we're not gonna let people have a gazillion creatures. Hopefully, maybe like just a couple, right? So for my money. Port Razor will really put the mm. emphasis on the opponent, right? So three colorless, double red for a creature orc pirate. When it deals combat damage to a player, untap each creature you control. After this combat phase, there's an additional combat phase. It can attack a player. It's already attacked this turn. So the reason why I like this is that I hope we get to a point, and we talked about this earlier um, with your like Scythe of the Wretched. I think that we want to paint people into corners of being like, do I really, like, what do I really want to take? Do I want to, if I have a blocker or one flyer or something along those lines, do I really want to just take the commander damage and then and then Mr. Combo draws a card? Or would I rather take another creature damage or four damage here or five damage here um, comparative to the commander damage, especially as like a 5-5? Five five. So if you play it right, I think Port Razor could be something real. Get at least another combat every single time picking on the smaller players who maybe don't have as much of a board wipe, or maybe they're playing more of like an enchantment or control build where they don't even have two creatures. They may only have one, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so again, I think it, it it's not, I've intentionally put it in for that reason. I think if you wanted to do other combat mechanics, additional combat mechanics, there's also a lot of things to plumb from. This one for me, as a creature that's repeatable, kind of struck out to mind. Yeah, well, and Tuck, the funny thing is, you know, because you and I shock each other with these, Port Razor works beautifully with Sakashima. Because Sakashima could be Port Razor and can Razor. attack oh, yeah. infinitely. She just attacks oh. forever. So there we go. He did break it. Yeah, uh, infinite combo. I did break it. I've turned into my own worst enemy. <laughs> because of that, I actually like Port Razor. Uh, Port okay. Razor's a card that, well, I've looked at it for decks because, like, this would be great in my Neheb deck. This would be great in right. my Gearid deck, but it doesn't have evasion. And that's, yeah, like, it's where... it's so hard. And it's five mana. So it's, like, five mana, no evasion, doesn't have haste. Where does it actually fit? So that's where I kind of struggle sometimes with Port Razor. Yeah, but I agree. I think the upside potential in this deck, especially with the... If we have a lot of these beginning of combat things... Uh, mm -hmm. Home of the host and get additional triggers. Uh, we on your blood mist get to give something else a double strike until end of turn. Maybe I give it to Port yep. Razor the first time, draw uh, Garza the second time. So I think there, right. I think this actually does have a lot of legs that could probably do some different stuff. Hey, -o. and it's way down in price. It's two dollars and eighty eight cents. So well worth well worth picking up. All right, now are you ready? For the sweatiest combo possible. I'm rubbing, my hand, I'm rubbing my hands together in excitement. All right. So first card in the combo is going to be Body of Knowledge. Three okay, colorless. Interesting, blue, inter blue. Interesting, interesting start. Creature avatar, rare. Star star. Power and toughness is equal to the number of cards in my hand. I get no maximum hand size. And whenever it is dealt damage, oh. draw that many cards. Uh-huh. All so, right. So All that's, right. that's the I'm, first I'm, card. I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm starting to I think I'm starting to piece, piece where this is going, and I'm I'm gonna do this a little out of order, so it'll be harder to guess. Second card, as part of the combo, Library of Ling, single colorless artifact. You have no maximum hand size. If an effect causes you to discard a card, you may put it on uh. top of your library instead of your graveyard. For 
the finisher. Is there is there some card that's like discard a card and ping something? Well, Tuck, it's funny you should mention that. We're gonna put in Kendall the Carnage. Colorless Wait, red, the, red. The what? <laughs> Sorcery. Discard a card at random. If you do, Kindle the Carnage deals damage equal to that card's CMC to each creature. You may repeat oh. this process any number of times. <laughs> so basically, we're going to do this. Discard the top of library. It comes back to hand. I draw that many. Uh, I'm dealing damage. <laughs> the, the, the only kicker, though, the only kicker is that body of knowledge has to be big enough that none of the cards in my hand could accidentally kill it. Because all you have to do is get one hit in. Oh, at random. Yeah. At random. All you have to do is get one hit in, and then he'll get that much more power and toughness. So it'll kind of make up. So his toughness will always sit there at whatever the number is, because uh, it'll always gain back whatever that damage it took was. And then God, I draw my deck. Sweaty. And yeah. uh, I win the game. <laughs> I, I mean, discard card at random. So like you just have to pray you don't hit like an eight drop off the off the top, right? <laughs> or something, well, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, basically or, or whatever, just whatever whatever, whatever I'm at once I discard the card, I just have to pray. Like, God, I you know, I'm gonna have five cards after I discard, so now it's five. I hope it's not a five CMC. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. You're onto this though, with your with your um with your shapeshifter package, right? So you play body and knowledge, and then you play Sakashima for four and copy body and knowledge. And then that way, you know that even if you hit something huge, you have another one to target with the next one. But no, it doesn't. It wouldn't work like that because all the creatures take the damage at the same time. So if I have two body of knowledges, yes, like if I say hit an eight drop and they're both sevens, they're both gonna die. But oh, I would, it's e oh, it's I, I thought it was target creature. It's each nope. creature. Okay, yeah, okay, it's okay, each creature. Okay. So normally people well, would look yeah. at this as a sweeper. I'm looking at it as library of link to the top. And here's the other cool thing, Tuck. Library of Ling will make sure that I don't accidentally discard Labman, Jace, Thassa's Oracle. Oh, sure. I yeah, protect yeah. the combo this way. Because essentially, you don't need Library of Ling, but that's my insurance policy for one mana. Oh, so, okay. I'll pause. I, How? What do you think? I it's. I don't think there's another deck that this would work in unless you're really, really trying. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's, it's disgustingly sweaty. I, I like that you stuck to your guns and uh went through this whole rigmarole of trying to figure out how to do this in this bizarro grixis deck uh the only th i don't love that your commander is not super involved into it but that is there's so, so much more that goes into that 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 is what the two hours of research was today because here's the other it's kicker to it is i was trying to figure out a way to win when garza takes damage she deals damage to each other creature because then the right. damages would stack and then she would never die because those creatures die. She gets plus one counters. And then as, right, long, right, as right. long as you guys have creatures left, she will always live. And so and then it's like you have this big beater for command damage. So that's where I was trying to get her involved. I just I could not find a single aura, figure equipment, it out it, yeah. generic enchantment, planeswalker effect. I couldn't even find an instant that would do it. Uh, for a one-time rigmarole. So if anyone in the collective I, knows how to do it, please let me know, because I would like my commander involved. It's a lot of work for what you're trying to get there, but hey, I'm here for it, and I, and I approve of this message. <laughs> All right, Tuck. Well, what is your last yeast card? All right. I figured you'd try to shoehorn your way into an intruder alarm in here, and it came to me in a flash of dream earlier this afternoon. 
So in similar scope, I spent an hour and a half looking through combos, looking through different cards, and it uh, turns out you really need green for that to work. So I completely scrapped that idea and went back to what I know, which is blight. As you made mention, we're trying to blight it out. And okay. we have found not only the best blight card that's ever oh, existed. Oh, you're not but... actually putting blight in the deck. I thought you were just putting blight. No, oh, just blight. No, 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 no. It's not the, it's the best blight card. And if you care about double strike and proliferate, our old pal Skittles is going to be a great oh my backup God. commander. Skithrick's a blight dragon. She's adorable. Three colorless double black for legendary creature, Phyrexian dragon skeleton. It's a mythic. That's a far, that's a four, four flyer with infect. It becomes, uh, for a black, it becomes against haste until end of turn, and then for two black, you get to regenerate it. So again, if you're looking into your backup commander package, and this even works with the other things that you put in here, copying it with a Helm of the Host, turning Shakashima into this, then you cast one of your peripheral things, even if you think that all of them are terrible, but if you have your Karn's Bastion out here, you're two swings away to kill it, and even less if you can even pump it up by one, like, oh, I don't know, Embercleave. We're, we're going into this combat damage matters. We're going with the blight package and we're going with the backup commander because yours is going to get killed immediately <laughs> and it's going to feel bad about it. So Skittles, we're here. Set $14. It's, they're giving it away at this yeah, rate. basically free. Yeah, it's, it's practically three. Compared um, to your extended art Thassa's Oracle rigmaroles. I don't... Okay, I'll say this. I don't hate the idea of a backup commander... I don't know if because like I said, I, I would I think I need to really lean in if I'm going to do proliferate into the counters. And I just don't know if it's like right now, Tuck, going through this with cards that I'm willing to add to the deck. My TCG. <laughs> yeah, my TCG card is already at like 20 cards, 23 cards. Um, and this is just off cards, this is just cards off. You and I have talked about for the for the deck and just sidebar. And it's like I'm starting to run out of room. Like, cause I'm gonna need. Like, wait, what's a, I'm gonna what's need the price of that TCG? What's the price of that TCG cart? So right it's now, it's gonna be like two hundred dollars. Uh, there's twenty two cards in there, and it is at two twenty five. <laughs> but but I am doing that to myself. I am doing it to myself because uh, Library of Ling. I could get a, a, a copy for like fifty cents, but there is a beta copy that I could get. So that's sixty bucks. And then uh, um, $60 for a library of laying. And then there's uh, uh, there was one other one. Gosh, I can't find it now. Uh, There was one (laughs) other card that I was going to get in beta. uh, And wow, it's just not on the list anymore. Anyways. But yeah, so that that, you know, kind of drove up the cost quite a bit uh, (laughs) coming from beta. So eh, it is what it is. But yeah, 225. uh, But I, I like that. That's it's interesting. I just got to figure out because I, I actually I think you're helping me. I need to have a backup commander in this deck. Um, I just and I, I don't know who it's going to gonna your, be. To your point, we've already talked over what like double strike clone. Yep. Body knowledge combo. Perlif- uh, infect plus one plus one counters commander damage. Right. Like we're yeah. we're at effectively six themes of the way this deck could go. <laughs> so. I can understand that if you're like, you know what, I don't even care about proliferate. I think Skittles get significantly worse. But if you are trying to do the infect thing and do the blight part of it, I think she is a very strong backward commander. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the East package. And now we're going to head over to the Spice. 
And Big Tuck, you get to start. And I'm looking at my spice that I picked, and I realize this is not a spice. This is probably it's, a yeast. But uh, so, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I can't wait to yell at you about that like you yelled at me about this last time. Because I actually sat and took things out of other categories and rearranged them. <laughs> because the Skittles was originally a spice, but I was like, no, it actually ends the game. Um, and but this see, that would have been, actually... been a perfect spice. Because like I don't have a counters theme. But you, but you with if you have Skittles and Embercleave, it's a one shot, and Embercleave is significant is good in the deck. It's a it's a mainstay. So uh, this one kind of went back to the same idea of well, if I'm going to be losing life for whatever reason, I want everyone to lose life. And there's one card. It's costly in terms of mana. There's one card that punishes people so fast and so quickly that their heads are going to spin. Okay. Havoc Festival, four colorless Rakdos, black and red, enchantment. Players cannot gain life. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, note that you cast this in your main phase, so you'll be the last to go through this. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, I that player loses half their life. I know the card. Rounded up. It's so good. You Like, hey, look, you want to attack me? Come on down. But not without cost, because you're going to come down right there with me, partner. Love it. It does the go against the Basilisk Callers and the X-Spheres of the world, but... We're trying to get these games over. I'm going to bash you in the face of my commander. I don't even need 21 commander to do it. I'll only need 10 or 12. It's like uh, infect on another card. Okay. Here's the thing. Are you trying to make everyone hate me at the table and want to kill me first? Like, we've already I talked about how my commander is going to be like a kill on site. It costs eight mana. You, I have this in a deck, and as soon as I put it down, everyone freaks out and tries to kill me as quick as possible. This card? This card? Yes. Wait, what deck? Did we uh, not talk about it? My uh, Vin Diesel deck. Oh, oh, Grevin? Oh, God, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. And people yeah, want to kill yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It is, it is very good. I'm like, just saying, look, you, you talked, we have talked in the past. And I'm trying to do a better job of trying to find cards and rigor rolls that you will sure. want. As opposed to me just throwing it out. So I decided to lean in on that. It's like, well, if your shit's getting blown up anyways, you might as well make everyone else pay for it and run along with you. <laughs> might as well just die with everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> hey, half half of your 14 life is going to be way less of a feel bad than half of someone else who's at 55. I that Technically, that is a true statement. I, there are no <laughs> lies in what you say. Ah! <laughs> All right, let, let, me, let me get over this yelling. Um, I don't know why I thought this was a spice. I, I think, it, okay, right, you know what? I think I know why it's a spice, but it's probably a yeast. I think Psychic Corrosion put- could maybe fit in the deck. I'm not really doing a mill theme, but two colorless blue enchantment, whenever you draw a card, each opponent puts the top two of their library into their graveyard. Ugh. I mean, the whole idea of my deck is to draw through my deck, so I should be drawing lots of cards. <laughs> so you put you cast uh, Sticking Study and everyone mills 14? Seems pretty good. Yeah. I, look. But, so, okay, now two... Okay. <laughs> okay, so, so is this a spice? To, are you... Are you I don't, I don't know because we've lost track of what the actual theme of the deck is supposed to be at this point. <laughs> So it's impo- it's kind of impossible to tell if this card actually would win you the game or not. I think, all right. I believe in an idealized version. I think this is a good card for the deck. I do agree with that. I think in the like idealized 
you know, Sermon on the Mount varietal of this deck, this card would absolutely be East card. Okay. No questions asked, right? However, in this bizarro way that we have chosen to go about this from from four different angles a piece, I think this card will come across as like more of an annoyance and a feels bad. That's something that's actually going to win the game for you. So in that sense, I, I okay, here's here's a great example. And I I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but like in a lot of decks, alter the brood as a spice for the same reason. Right? Ah. You might be playing creatures or making tokens or whatever, but you're not like that's not the end. You're not milling people. It's not the end game and not the end route of the game. Whereas, so in some decks, it's a yeast, in others it's a hops, and in most of the ones you put it in, it's a spice. I can kind of see the same argument for this card in this deck because in similar scope, drawing cards is part of the deck. Yeah, I just don't know if you're going to be able to. I think if you get to the point where you're drawing that mass amount, you're just going to win off of Jace or Labman, right? That's As fair. opposed to just like milling everyone out. So, yeah, I think this is... I Would you almost say that if I run this in the deck, it's I'm running it in the same way that I do Alter the Brood. I'm, I'm Alter the Brood, I run it because it's like, well, I'm playing permanents anyways, so the incidental mill is worth the one mana. So for me to justify this, I need to say, hey, well, I'm drawing cards. So the three mana is good for the incidental two mil per card. Like if I get three uh, triggers off of it, so six mil, you know, that's 18 cards for three mana. I'll take that. Like, do I have to kind of make that compromise to myself? So I'm looking at the cards we talked about today, right? So one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven all deal drawing cards. Eight if you include your if you include your commander, right? Okay. So out of so that's almost half the cards that we talked about today. And that's not to say cards like Mirror Made, which you specifically were like it's a Ristic study or it's yeah. a, this that or the other thing, right? So I, jeez, it, it's a it's an inclusion. I just don't. I have no idea what bucket it goes into. Okay, right? I, it's so, it's so hard to tell. It's so hard to tell with without having any actual deck data. Or anything along those lines in it. So, but it's just, it's a very you pick. It's a great Mister Combo pick. It's in the spirit of the deck, so I'm here for it. it this is this has been out of all the cards that we've ever talked about. This is the one that's the most confusing of where it would be categorized. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best part about that. I think the best part of you're you're more stringent on the categorization than yes, I, am, I am, probably for a reason. But even you, I think I think it speaks to that point of even you being like I don't you know I think I might have screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thanks for making it until the end. And as promised, here's some details about the giveaway. From us, we'll be giving away an at-home draft kit with four CMD Tower playmats, uh, packs of sleeves, and a sealed box of Zendikar Rising. So that way, you can do your own little at-home draft, of course. Be safe. Do it only if you're comfortable. But we're going to be sending that out. And to enter, it's very easy. Just do whatever you can with us on social media. Join our patron community. Subscribe to our channels. Uh, you get an entry for all those interactions. I'll tell you the best way is join our uh, Patreon. I think it's like the $5 a month. You get like an additional 10 or 15 mm -hmm. And it seems like we have a lot of Squeeze Choir people that actually win. Uh, so definitely uh, it pays off. We're going to announce that winner on MTG Action 4 News October 6th and our Twitter account soon after. Uh, we'll try to do these giveaways uh, every month. It just kind of depends on what the channel can come up with. But we would love a five-star review, a subscribe, a follow, all that good stuff wherever you're consuming us. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at MrCommodore5 on Twitter. I'll spell it out except for the five. Big Tuck, where could people find out what celebrity 
that's a C list you've given a happy birthday to? Uh, I forgot that bit this week. Unfortunately, um, I think the problem is I've I have too many like I have too many bits both for this and in my normal day to day life that some of them just fall by the wayside. But you can't see me at Big Tuck tweeting. I will say that I reached a very exciting thing. Tomer replied to Tomer of MTG Goldfish replied to not one but two of my <gasps> comment questions. Ooh, ooh, we're practically you know best friends. So. <laughs> Uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, also, we will have the website uh, and deck list posted, cmdtower.com slash bnbe107. And Squeamy Gee, if people want to find and get a hold of your Manolith commentary and your awesome audio editing skills, how would they do that? You can do everything you need from a audio perspective, whether it be remote or in person. So if you're ever in KC, swing by, or if not, drop it via the interwebs. Now, this video was brought to you by at underscore teacoats. Uh, Tyler's our video oh. editor. Uh, you guys can clearly see where he took over and I quit doing it because they went from PowerPoint presentations to actual watchable content. Uh, but please follow, you know, he does this uh, to help out our channel. And I want to make sure that uh, he's getting the feedback from you guys so that way he can continue to improve the content. Now, if you would, now if you'd like to support us out financially, you can head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. We have many different tiers, like I talked about, as simple as a buck for the Discord, all the way up to 25, and you get playmat sleeves, all the stuff. Uh, I think I am going to start earlier this year, Tuck. We couldn't do it last year, but we're going to get those damn CMD Tower Christmas sweaters going. So oh. make sure that you join our Patreon community because that's where you will get a massive discount on the sweaters. Uh, I'm going to start talking to suppliers this weekend, sending out the same design that Mr. Magoo uh, built for us last year. And oh, yeah, uh, I think I think we did like Jund colors. It looks pretty badass. Mm -hmm. Oh, so it was so cool. So uh, definitely that is a big perk of it. But, um, you know, if you can't do a monthly subscription, but you would like to maybe pick up said sweater or any of the other CMD Tower branded stuff that we have, head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. There's a redacted bit that I am contractually obligated to mention, but yet not mention. talk about. So Big Tuck, theory crafting, Garza Zol Plague Queen. How do you feel at the end? I know, I know initially you laughed out loud. Then you were like, okay, I'm actually kind of excited. Now that we actually talked about it, is this something that you would like to see in real life? Or do you think this is just a hot pile of trash? Two thumbs up. Yes and yes. Uh, I, I, mm. <laughs> how do I say this nicely? Too far in a limb, yeah. No, 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 no. I, this is what, I want this, this should be like a replacement Aloro deck where you're like, you have all these, because I think if you look at all the themes, the card draw, the counters, the mostly the infect part of it, right? The counter, the normal counter stuff is probably a little too sweaty, but like the Skittles and the Tainted Strike, the Double Strike, uh, the Mill, like I think it actually could, we're big on like finding a theme and going with it, right? But I think maybe picking like, they all seem to kind of go together. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to have that card draw and being able to work through your deck, I think that might kind of work. So I, I think this is something you should build in real life. I'm not sure about the $220 for 20 cards that you're willing to put down for beta libraries and legs and whatnot, but that's between you, God, your wallet, and the misses. Uh, yeah, this is one I am currently loading up a cart in TCG player. No, I don't think I'm going to buy it, 
but I think I want to kind of add it in, see roughly how much it costs, maybe do some online gold fishing uh, on tap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just kind of see, because I think the biggest thing that scares me is the eight mana. Eight mana is a lot. Like yeah, I play, a lot. I play Kozilek Great Distortion. He's 10 and I have every mana rock possible in there and all the ways to get lands as possible. And it still takes me six turns, seven turns to be able to play them. Um, and I don't think I want to go so heavy on the ramp with this deck because that'll kind of take away from the other flavors. Um, I want it right, to be flavorful. Right. So it's like, can I get by on 36 lands, even if I have all the fetches and 10 mana rocks, or do I need 15 mana rocks? Uh, how much interaction am I going to need? Counter spells? I think there's still right. so much room for this deck to grow. Well, yeah, um, but I do agree, Tuck. I think I probably need to say this. I got 36 lands. We got 10 mana rocks. And then we'll just say there's the obligatory three or four cards that you have to have in every Grixis deck, whether it be uh, Ristic Study or whatever. So we're basically yeah, at want. 50 cards. I think with the remaining yeah. <laughs> 50, I need at least... 30 cards. Hold on. Let me let me think of this. I think I need 15, 15, and 15 if I'm going to do, if I'm going to try to do three themes. If I'm trying to do the Blight theme, the Extra Combat yeah. theme, and the Card Draw theme, I think I need 15 cards that fill each of those so it's somewhat balanced, and then figure out what do I have left, and then fill in that last five. I think that's maybe the strategy I need to look at, but I don't know. It's just... Uh, exciting i haven't been excited about building a deck since my dungeon deck oh wait that was just a month ago <laughs> the gears keep going baby all right seven drop commanders for the win <laughs> well guys i'm off to go uh, deplete my wedding fund goodbye <laughs>